Justin, do you hear that? Mm, Is it it a bug? I left out too much food again, didn't I? It's a hypothetical tattoo gun. All right. I know you Uh, don't have any tattoos. It's hypothetical. Okay. Okay, You made a face. I know you don't have any tattoos. I just thought it was a bug. Gotcha. No, you're in a bug-free zone, Justin. Uh, You don't know that. I guess that's true. Uh, But I'll, I'll keep, I'll be looking at your video. I'm like watching behind you. So if anything's coming in, if a bee or like a, like like a horse fly or something like that, like shows up, I'll, I'll let you know. Okay, cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. But this hypothetical Mm -hmm. tattoo gun, hypothetical tattoo gun. If you had to get a video game tattoo right now, what would you get? And where, I guess. Mm, If like today, if I were to get a tattoo, Yes. Yeah, it'd have to be something. So the the there'd be one of two tattoos, and this is kind of a cheat because they're also books, right? Um, it would either be um, a, uh, a Harry Potter uh, mark, probably a dark mark. I think I would okay. do that um, because I am I, I have always identified as House Slytherin. Um, okay. So I'd do that, but that's technically Hogwarts Legacy, and technically I don't know if I want Harry Potter tattooed on my body forever. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that I would like to do. Um, and this is a little bit more meta, so wait for it. I yeah. would like to get the one ring of power, um, the elvish around it, around your finger, on my finger. Not not my not the, not the finger that will have my wedding ring on it, but uh, on my other hand on that finger. It's actually pretty dope. I know. I think that'd be pretty cool because that'd be just like subtle enough that um, uh, that it, I know it's not quite a video game tattoo, but it's subtle enough that I think it'd be cool. I mean, I've played a lot of Lord of the Rings video games, man. That's true. Like, I, I'll I'll allow it. Yeah. I will allow it. What about you? What would your tattoo be? So I guess like I already I already have a video game tattoo. I'm surprised I only have one actually. When I was thinking about this earlier today, I was like, oh, I really only have one. Um, I've got I've got the Majora's Mask on my rib cage. It's solid. Um, but uh, were I to do a second one, which I probably will. Um, so like, Yuna from Final Fantasy X. Okay. I would get her. So on the on the actual disc for Final Fantasy X two, uh, you've got her in her like her second outfit that she gets in X two, and she's got these. T- she's got like two guns. I don't remember, like know what the position is of them, but like they're covering kind of her face a little. She's not doing a dab. I'm sort of doing a dab here. I mean, um, her doing a dab though. That's pretty. That's pretty <laughs> just relevant. Like, boom, Yuna. <laughs> Final Fantasy. This will never get old. This will no, never not, be. A, nope. Nope. It'll be perfect. An aged reference. Yeah. Um. I think I'd probably do that. I know it's not a funny answer, but it's just true. You know what yeah, I mean? No, no, I get it. Um, and then I guess the funny answer is Mac or maybe Gex <laughs> on my on my on the middle of my chest. The other answer I would do um, yeah. would be like one of the Xenoblade Chronicles three, and I'm just saying this because I'm thinking about this game a yeah. lot. But one of the their like date tattoos. I don't know oh, how to cool. read those, but I think that could be pretty cool. And I put get the on date- your chin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right on my face so everyone can see it. Uh, But I'd make the date like my birthday. Oh, that's kind of fun. So, yeah, that's kind of fun. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people with the Ellie's tattoo from Last of Us 2. Can I say? It's a great tattoo. There's like some tattoos in video games that are kind of suspect. But like her tattoo is so, so beautiful. It's a good design. It's nice. But like, I think getting a tattoo of like a tattoo of a video game character's tattoo isn't as an original as getting your own version of said tattoo. 
Agreed. And I mean, like, we're going to talk about Last of Us later in this, but like not necessarily part two. Um, I don't know if I super mega identify with Ellie in The Last of Us part two. Like I do on like a certain level, but like I don't know if like she is the character that I want to be like, oh, I'm just like Ellie in The Last <laughs> yeah, of Us yeah, yeah. two. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Do you identify with The Last of Us part one? Uh. No, I mean, I like, uh, like, I mean, we've all just been bitten, you know what I mean? And, you know, I, I guess I like I don't see myself in in like her shoes, but I, yeah. I think she's it's fun to see her like experiencing the world for the first time being like, whoa, it's fun to see her happy. Yeah. Right. No. Knowing sort of what's to come. Hmm. I got sad. Yeah, it did get sad. It's Headbox. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Hitbox, episode number 108. Justin, the intro song of Hitbox is not just to introduce our show, but it is also to get us out of moments that we cannot talk our way out of, right? <laughs> it was it was seemed like it was going to get a little grim there yeah, for a moment yeah, with yeah. The Last of Us and all that. Um, but the beauty of it is it, it's like a ripcord, you know what I mean? In like just, a, yeah, or it's like a parachute, right? Like, like we're out. Well, and good thing we're not going to talk about The Last of Us anymore, you know, because nope. that might actually bring the mood down if we do that. Agreed. Agreed. Um, no, instead, how are you, man? Sorry. Did I say I'm my name's Peter. This is Justin. There's 108 of these. This is a podcast. We <laughs> yeah. do it. Talk about. Yeah. News. How are you, man? Uh, you I'm, doing, I'm doing pretty good. Um, my uh, fiance is on her bachelorette weekend uh, weekend. So um, I am uh, tasked with babysitting the dog making sure yep. that he is safe and healthy yeah um and so far uh he is uh eaten once in two and a half days because he's okay. so anxious because she's not there <laughs> so um, sad. and he's gone through three diapers and i've been home the whole time so uh you know those are the the the, the few things that uh, he's going through right now but i did see so i, I saw you on friday we went to a went to a, a minor league baseball game and the, the uh atomic pork chops yes and we came up uh into your apartment for a minute before we left and you were putting a diaper on him and i didn't know what you were doing and i was like watching you do it and like it, it was just one of those slow realizations of like oh yeah they have like yeah 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 he needs so that he really does need that they're officially called belly bands is what they're called okay um, because uh it doesn't cover his butt and sometimes yeah. even if he's wearing the diaper, he has a little bit of the second accident. But it like is basically like a strap of fabric with Velcro around it that you just tie around his waist, his, you know, sure. bathroom parts. Um, we tried like the actual disposable diapers because they do sell those like like disposable dog diapers. But he would just like bite them off because he didn't like it touching his tail and his butt. So yeah, yeah, the yeah. belly bands, he's he used to try to take them off, but it was just futile. So he stopped. Sure, um, sure. But, yeah, it, 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 you know, it works, uh, but he just, like, has anxious little piddles. Like, he could have just got, I could take him out to go to the bathroom right before I leave. We could go on a walk. He could do every little bit of pee he has, and then he'll still, like, just leave the little dime, little spot, like, right <laughs> on the on the floor, right in front of the door. That's great. You're wearing a sock, and you just absorb it all, and you're like, oh, great. Cool. Yeah, I'm not going to sit with day. this. <laughs> yeah. 
wait, what? No, you gotta wa- what? No, you take that off and you wash it. Justin, no. <laughs> Forever and ever. <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about some video games. We're gonna hit the news before we do. We're gonna we're gonna do a few different things. Here's a little quick preview of the news. Halo Infinite Couch Co-op has been just outright canceled. Oh. Um, along with other disappointing news from 343 Industries. Uh, Assassin's Creed is making a, a comeback. It's been a minute since we've really heard any like substantial announcements or anything from that series. Um, but it's it's back. And then uh, the working conditions for Striking Distance Studios, which is working on the Callisto Protocol, seem bad or maybe good, according to Glenn Schofield, but probably bad. Um, because it's his job to say that they're good, and then he didn't. Whatever. We'll get into it in a little bit. Before we do, Justin, let's, uh, let's hop over to the Metacritic Roundup. What do you say? Let's do it. Metacritic Roundup. Two games. Two games in the Metacritic Roundup on uh, September 4th, 2022. The first is a little game called Immortality. Uh, now, this was reviewed on... Uh, this has a an 89 on the PC, 93 on Xbox Series X, Ooh. and it is unscored um, for its uh, uh, iOS port. I don't even know if the iOS port is out yet, um, but that'll be, I think, releasing through Netflix games, which is kind of cool. Um, so if you don't have... If you are not playing this game right now, you probably might have access to it if you've got a Netflix subscription or it's on Game Pass. So what is Immortality? Uh, I'm just going to read you the summary of this. And I've, I've actually played it. So I will then explain to you what the actual video game is, because it's kind of weird. Have you played this, by the way? I don't no, think I've have, heard right? about it, but I have not played it. So this is the summary here. Marissa Marcel was a film star. She made three movies, but none of the movies were ever released. And Marissa Marcel disappeared. An interactive trilogy from Sam Barlow, creator of her story. So um, this is all like FMVs. So it's all, you know, videos of actors and stuff. And basically you are trying to figure out where Marissa Marcel went after 1999. Uh, She was in three movies. So you're scrubbing through. Um, the footage of the movies, so like uh, the you you'll be able to watch a scene and um, you get the whole slate of like you know scene four, act one. Here we go, you know, and then like action, and you get that whole thing up until the the director yells cut and we stop watching, uh, and then like the camera turns off. You get all of these like interviews with with um, the cast. You get all of these like table reads and stuff like that for like 40 years. So these three movies and um, your goal is to figure out where she went by stopping the footage every so often. Uh, You you click on important items that are in that are on screen and you'll match cut with that a similar looking item in a different scene or something like that. Um, And it's weird, man. It's real weird. Um, So what do you do like for gameplay in it. Okay. So you basically have, you watch clips and you unlock more clips. So basically you will, you start the game with a single clip and you watch it. It's like the one that I got is an interview with uh, Marissa Marcel and like some like late night host. And you stop, you pause the, the video and then you have a cursor and you like interact, you like tap or like click on um, different items that are on screen. 
So like you can click on Marissa Marcel's face. You can click on the face of the interviewer. You can click on the mug she's drinking water out of. You can click on the microphone. You can click on the potted plant behind her. And what will happen is then it will match cut. So like it'll show you, it'll zoom in on like the, the mug that she's holding. It'll zoom in on the mug and then it will fade into a different clip of footage of someone else holding a mug. And then you will have access to that piece of footage now. And you are basically compiling as much footage as you possibly can. So like now you have two pieces of footage and then you click on um, the face of the other actor she's in the scene with. Okay. And now it's like, okay, um, we're cutting to a new scene, but it's with the same actor, uh, all sorts of stuff. Right. Um, and you are trying to put together like the story of here's what happened with all of this uh, in these three movies. And like uh, on the set of all these three movies, and figuring out where everyone went and what happened. Uh, and it freaks me the fuck out. It's really good. It's really interesting. Um, but it's really weird because it's just all this FMV stuff. And I like I can see you look kind of confused as I'm trying to describe this. And like. I don't know how to really explain this game other than just saying, like, just try it. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, it does. Uh, actually, it's 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 kind of great uh, for the video viewers of this. Uh, they they will see like you were literally talking about the clicking and zooming in as it was happening in the trailer. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so like, um, no, I, I, it's interesting just because like when when you're saying these clips and stuff, like are they full movies? Like how much video is in here that you have to scrub through? Because that could that could be a lot. Um. So like to my understanding, so the goal is to figure out what happened to her. And and to to find that information, um, so you I imagine could probably get there very quickly, or or you could like stumble into that accidentally. But there's a lot more to discover as well. I found what happens to two of the 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 reoccurring cast members that are in the in the two the three movies. Um, so I found like I found some character endings for them and stuff like that. There is a lot of footage to to look through. It's the sort of thing where like you definitely. I imagine there are multiple paths to getting to the end because otherwise you're right. Like there are like, and there's an overwhelming amount of footage that you have at, that you eventually start to have access to. Um, it's weird. Um, so I'm looking, uh, yeah. at, I'm looking at how long to beat. It looks like the main story is five hours. Main plus extra is nine and a half. Completionist is 18 and a half hours, which seems like a, a ton so I imagine there's like nine hours of footage to, to scrub through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I will also say, so like this is, it is a very graphic, um, it, it portrays some very graphic scenes, uh, in, in terms of like both like sexual content and nudity and, um, stuff like that. It, it, it has a really, really extensive like trigger warning and stuff like that at the very beginning of it, which is, is something I always, we always applaud here. Um, but there is like, this is the kind of game that is perhaps you should play maybe alone if you don't want to have to explain like what you're watching or what you're doing to to someone who may be walking in, you know, or play together so you don't have to explain. Right, exactly. Exactly. Um, so um, th this is one of those games, though, that I think if you uh, have someone who's interested in playing video games that like sitting down and playing this with them would actually be kind of cool because there's really not a lot of input and in like you can just man the controls while, while whoever else is able, you know, like talking with you about it and whatnot. 
Um, yeah, this sounds uh, pretty interesting. Uh, is it a lot? Is the story grabbing you or is it just so kind of weird with how you're interacting with it that that it's not quite getting there for you? It's just one of those things where like. So I've played I, I played it for one sitting for about two and a half hours and you the whole time I'm just sitting there going like, what the fuck is happening here? You know, like like. like yeah. It, but not in not in a confusion way, but just in it like it's very intriguing and it's it's really like engaging with my mind and I'm really just sitting there like trying to understand like where did this go you know and 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 you start to like see scenes that you've already seen and you're like able to recognize them and go like oh, okay so here's this happened here, um, it's it's a it's a mystery right and so I find the mystery to be really intriguing and the just the general premise of this woman was in three movies none of them were ever released but she was like on track to be this like rising star. And then she just disappeared. And the question of like, you know, where did she go? Did she just decide to drop the life of the Hollywood life? Did she, was she like kidnapped? Like what happened to her? Uh, and as I'm saying it, like my full body's like, like I've got like goosebumps because it's just, it's so eerie and it's so like, it's odd. And it's the sort of thing where like each new scene you see makes you go like, huh? Okay. And, and like, I think that, like I said, the, the content warning at the very beginning of the game is really good. Uh, this is a game that really does play into uh, and talk about like exploitation as uh, particularly of women in Hollywood um, in a way that I think could be potentially very upsetting for people. And for me, who is I mean, it's upsetting because it's intentionally upsetting. Right. But it is one of those things where you just like what happened because like from the very beginning it's clear like she was not treated very well on set by by like directors and stuff like that um because she was a young woman in hollywood right and of course that's intentionally upsetting but it is one of those things where you're like so what was the final straw for her or what happened that caused her to disappear or what you know what i mean so um whack it's crazy uh, did you did you play her story nope but as soon as i'm done with this i'm going to Oh, that I mean, that's that's the I think to me, that's like the most um, rousing endorsement of a game that even if it's not like your favorite game ever, the fact that you want to go back and experience uh, the other work by an artist, I think is kind of yeah. cool. Um, if, if I know you're not done with it, so this might be a hard thing. Um, and I don't want to say, you know, I have to put, put a score on it. But where does this fall in terms of a potential game of the year candidate for you? Well, it's tough because it. <sighs> A lot of the there has been like a lot of conversation around this of like, is this a video game? The answer is yes. Um, in the same way that like, remember Bandersnatch? It was that Black Mirror yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, like choose your own adventure. Like a lot of people were like, was that a video game? The answer is yes, it is. It's a very bare bones video game, but it's a video game, right? Yeah. Like this is one of those things where like, is this a video game? Like, yeah. Um, it is extreme. It is the sort of thing that is like totally my up my alley in terms of like trying to understand a mystery and get to the bottom of like what happened here. And like, it does not hold your hand at all. It just says, yeah, you've, you know, watch a bunch of footage. Let me know. Like, come back, come back and we'll talk about it. Um, does that make sense? So like, oh, yeah, it, it is something that I'm really engaging, really liking. And, and I, if I'm thinking about it um, a lot since I've played it last, but. Yeah, so I um, I'm just going on uh, the Metacritic because they also have like the one of the red flags of Metacritic that I see um, the difference like the the Metascore 93, the user score 6.6 yeah. trying to get my way. And it just seems like most people who are giving it a low rank ranking on this are just kind of like it's an FMV game. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, that, that doesn't seem to be like enough of a, a criticism. Some people are talking a little bit about it being a little disturbing, but um, I, I. And that's oh, the thing. It is. It is. I'm leaning into the mic here. Very disturbing. <laughs> yeah. And because it's I don't know, like I, I tend to be like. I'm able to watch more disturbing things happen in a video game than in like a movie because the Last of us part two. Right. But like you can, I don't know when I'm watching a video game happen, like as good as graphics are and have become like, you can still tell it's a video game, you know, whereas like, uh, when I see something like horrific happen in a movie, like I know that like pe- it's people on a set and, and it was probably, you know, this person's favorite day on set. Cause I got to have the, they got to be cut in half and had all their guts fall out. Right. And like, how fun is that? But like for me sitting at home, I'm like, ah, I can't. Right. <laughs> and so this game is like that. Right. Every time I find a clip where I find hidden information within it, um, I like do it like basically like peeking through my fingers as I'm like scrolling like, oh, gosh, because like you never know what you're going to see. Yeah. And sometimes it sometimes just a face is just freaky. Right. Because mm. you're like, what are they doing? You know. I, I, you've, if you've done anything, you've, you've, uh, at least piqued my interest to play this and, uh, it is on game pass. So you know what that means? It's on game pass. I, I don't have to pay for it. More and like than I said, I've already also paid for it every month, Netflix games, right? Like yeah. you're, you'll be able to download it through that. And like, I think that's just a super excellent, um, thing. And yeah, it can be played on touch pads. I imagine like this might be the sort of thing too, that gets thrown up on Netflix, like the Netflix app. Because you can play it on a computer like it's just running, you know, it's not like really running a a game as much as it's just playing clips. Right. And then like in the same way that like Bandersnatch, you could play like with a remote, like same thing here. But yeah, I hey that that, the the concept of this game is cool and unique, I think. Um, So I'll definitely be checking this out. Yeah. Uh, And it's also one of those things where when you start, you go, I don't know what this is. What am I doing here? This is weird. And then after a certain you know, an hour, you're like, wait, hold on. Like, play it back. He was smoking a cigarette. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, like, bring it back. Bring us back to that. Bring us back to that. Um, it's cool. I like it. Uh, I will hopefully beat it by the ne- time we talk next. But um, actually, maybe not because I am moving. Mm. And mm. Uh, also, my time has been taken up with the other game in our Metacritic roundup here. Uh, the Last of Us Part 1 on PlayStation 5. Oh. Justin. Have you touched this yet? I uh, I have I have not touched this yet. So I I'm gonna be honest. Like yeah. I, I I'm interested in having this conversation with you because this was one of those things that when I first came out I'm like I'm gonna buy this day one. Of course I love The Last of Us. And then when the the trailers and the notes were coming out from Naughty Dog and Sony it was like oh no this is literally just the same game but it looks prettier. Um, and then hearing like the the general review conversation around it, it was just kind of like, this is a great game. But like, if you've just played it, you probably don't need to play it again. And I was like, oh, wow, these are not like ringing endorsements here. So with your experience, what are your thoughts? And was my g- general summary of what people are saying accurate? Let me answer your question with a Metacritic score, Justin. OK, 89 on the PlayStation 5. <laughs> Um, and then now let me answer your question in full. Yeah, this is The Last of Us 1. Beat for beat, shot for shot, the exact same video game. Um, here's a spoiler alert. The Last of Us 1's a great video game. <laughs> and revisiting this has been one of those things where I'm like, 
damn, this is a good game. <laughs> uh, like, wow, this is actually a very good game. And uh, everything you have read is true, though, of, hey, this is a it is gorgeous. It looks fantastic. It looks exactly how you remember it because you just played Last of Us Part Two like two years ago. Uh, to the point where, like, if you went back to the first one, like, yeah, it's not a bad-looking game by any means. Like, of course it's not. But it is, um, it does look different than you do remember it, you know? And, whereas this is, like, it looks exactly how you remember it in your head with the updated character models of Joel and Ellie and, and everyone else. Um, and it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. It is The Last of Us 1. Yeah. Can you can you uh, yeah. talk to me uh, the differences that you've noticed like and not even so much like w- gameplay differences but like what what have you noticed that makes this like a new experience? Um for me it's the combat. Uh cuz cuz there are frequently times when I've been like wait was this section in the original I'm like yes it was. <laughs> like <laughs> like why would they just change this one little bit? Um the the combat is the real big difference for me. The it's so weird that we talk about video games like this. The dismemberment physics in this game are so fucking brutal uh, in a way that is like. I mean, it's the same combat stuff, I think, as Last of Us 2, which was just so, so brutal, right? Where you shoot a guy in the head and you see where the bullet entered and you see where it came out and you see all the different pieces, right? And oh, they are they're on the wall and they're sliding down, right? And like you get done with combat in this game and it's similar to how it is in the part two. Um, although part two was like trying to say something about that where you just like get done with combat and you're like, fuck. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I obliterated that guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. again, that's the point of part two is whereas part one is not really about that. But, um, I mean just the combat is just like devastating, uh, in a way that also does make it very satisfying because the way that that combat feels is really good. Right. Um, and yeah, it is, it is just a very solid, uh, revamped version of that. And then also like the enemy AI is better than it was. Um, they've got the same thing as they did in last of us two, where, you know, they'll flank you and, and really try to outmaneuver you. Um, and it's, the combat is also about escalation, right? Similar to like the Batman Arkham games where like you're, you're up on the rafters and like you take care of one guy. And then no one really notices. But then once they start to notice, like, wait, we're being picked off, they start to, like, get more and more agitated. Um, And then they finally spot you and they all start shouting and and all that sort of stuff, Um, which may have been in The Last of Us 1, but it feels so good that they they must have revamped it. I know they talked a little bit about the enemy AI and stuff, but it's just one of those things that it feels like they have to have spent some time on, on improving that. Do they do they have that thing when when you shoot them? Oh no, you shoot Mary. No. She's my third cousin's sister's <laughs> best friend. Why could you have done that, Mary? I, I, like I, as goofy as as people like to make the second game sound with that sort of stuff, right? About like James, no, Barry. They shot James, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I still think that's kind of cool because that's how it is in real life, right? Like, yeah. or I mean, like I imagine would be. Um, no, they don't have that, or at least I have not experienced it. Um, they do have that thing though, where if you, um, wound the last person, uh, but don't kill them, they'll like be on their knees and they'll be like, please, no, like, please. Um, which I mean, is brutal. (laughs) Uh, it, it, it felt a little bit out of place in this game just because like, like we said, 
Last of Us 2 is talking about that and is exploring like the violence of those characters and their actions and stuff whereas this is just not but it is one of those things that like it's just still a cool detail you know regardless of whether you're talking about that or not so so how have you beaten the whole game or are you like where's your no, place in it right now i just ended where um you get you do that section upside down in oh, bill's okay. town yeah. uh so I, I did that section and then you meet up with bill and i was like all right i gotta be done here um but you know i'm, I'm making my way through it uh it's a good feeling game. It looks gorgeous. Uh, it just is precisely the last of us one. Um, I, I have to say that I still don't know if this is something I need to play because playing it right before last of us part two, did you replay it before last of us part two? I played it, uh, December and January with Elena. Cause I was oh, like, I so think here's like a game that you year. probably would like. No, no, no. Um, before last of us two oh, came okay, out, sorry, okay, in 2019. Okay, um because i was like you know elena like this is a game that you probably would like you know it's very cinematic and very like the story is like right at the center uh and so we really liked that and then you waited you know five or six months until part two came out uh what about the accessibility features i know that's like a pretty big deal what have you have you played around with those they're awesome they're really cool um i turned on the ping the item ping where like you go into listen mode and you hit like the circle button and just like bing and like it just shows you like here are all the items in the area, uh, which I just think is, is really a way to streamline that process. I do. And, you know, it's not that I don't like exploring the houses and everything like that, but it is one of those things where it's like, this is a little tedious, especially if there's not a whole lot in here. Um, although, you know, this is some great environmental storytelling and stuff like that, but like, it's just a lot. Um, so you've got that. And, um, so, so I've been using that. I turned on, there's an interesting, um, dual sense feature where you can turn on vocal rumbling. And so basically what that is, is for people who are hard of hearing or maybe deaf, um, uh, you know, you've got the subtitles on the screen, but you aren't able to feel like how it is emphasized. So the, the controller does a very, very, very small vibration um, when people are talking. So you could feel how someone is like emphasizing a sentence. It's really cool. I had it turned on uh, and then I found that I was just spending every single cutscene like feeling the controller and thinking about that and it, it just didn't make it any more immersive for me so i did turn that off um but it's also like it has all the accessibility options of the first game uh, of, of last of us 2 uh and it just even improves from there like th there's a lot of like enemy ai stuff you can change around you can make it so like um enemies won't flank you in combat so you know if you have a hard time like keeping track of everything uh, of a bunch of enemies or you want to be able to play more aggressively without like if you want to make the combat easier, but not necessarily turn it, the difficulty down, like you can change like that sort of stuff. Um, I know that they have the descriptive audio stuff, which is, is huge uh, and, and very cool. Um, Cause I think the last of us two was be, was able to be beaten completely entirely with uh, for like blind players, which I think is, is just such a huge step. And I imagine that this game probably is also um, able to, to be done like that. So yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's to me, if you are unable to play the last of us one, that is the reason to buy this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, um so I guess that leads me to the, the other question, uh, yeah. about this game. Should this game exist? What does, should anything exist? I mean, that's true. That's true. Uh, but like, is, uh, no, I mean like it's not, it's not a, it is not such a change that it makes the last of us, remastered like it's not the kind of thing where i would be like no one should ever play the last of us remastered i think that there is 
if you want to play The Last of Us and don't want to spend 70 bucks on it or don't have a PS5, uh, play the remastered version. It's probably like $15 like anywhere you can get it right now. Um, and it's also on the PS Plus collection. So if you have a PS5 and don't want to spend for you know 70 bucks for this, then play it there. That said, it is a noticeable visual difference, you know? Um, and those accessibility options are, are just awesome. So like from that standpoint, from the accessibility standpoint, the answer is a very easy. Yes, this should exist to make this game playable to more people. Um, but other, other than that, like, I don't know, it's tough to say, uh, it's probably the preferred method I would have of playing the game now, now that I have it, you know, but I don't know if you need to rush out and buy this. If you are already a last of us fan and like have gotten your fill over the last few years, you know? Yeah, I mean, the the thing that I always have to remember is that as, as important and as big as The Last of Us is for me and for you, and I think for a lot of people probably listening to this podcast, people who are like like hardcore video game enthusiasts. Yeah. It, the Last of Us, this is according to uh, VG Charts, so I don't know, you know 100% how accurate this is. I haven't vetted it, but as of 2000, The Last of Us has sold over 20 million units, the original. Dang. Um, and that's across PS3 and PS4. Mm-hmm. And that is like not everyone. <laughs> you know, like like yeah. obviously it's not everyone who owns a PlayStation. It's not everyone who's like ever like a played a video game before. Um, and like as if for me, this probably isn't a purchase for me, but that doesn't mean that there are so many other people out there who who couldn't or haven't played the original one. And if they're going to mm-hmm. play it, playing something that feels like a modern game in 2022, uh, which would you agree this feels like a modern 2022 game? I mean, it's it's the sort of game that like it is limited to the fact that it came out in 2013 or whatever. But it is a game that like if you didn't know that you might just be able to be like, I don't know, like there's just some weird elements in it some some potentially like very specific dated elements to it but like this is a playstation 5 game what what you know what i mean like do you have an example of like what you mean by like a dated mechanic um so the shooting feels great the melee combat is extremely basic and like you don't have like the dodge that you did from last of us 2 um so like there's really no way like if you're getting wailed on you just have to run away okay you know what i mean it's one of those things where like um since the, that game came out, there have been, you know, innovations uh, on that front that make it feel a little like, oh, yeah, this is kind of an older game with a new skin on it. I mean, it, like you know? literally Last of Us Part 2. Literally right? Last of Us <laughs> like Part 2. Least. Fix that. Yeah. Um, um, be- but- because I remember in my experience when I was playing The Last of Us Part 1 again or the original yeah. Last of Us. I was like, oh, this game holds up really well. Like, I was, yeah. like, legitimately shocked. And, of course, I was playing the remastered version, so it was a better frame rate and whatever. I was playing it on, I think, PS4 at the time. But then you play Last of Us Part Two, and it's like, how can I ever go back? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that, to me, would be more shocking. And I think, like, I don't know. I, I, I still, like, in my brain, am trying to, like, place this in my head, being like, oh, a brand-new $70 game of The Last of Us Part One that has the bells and whistles they wanted it to have. Like, I don't, to me, it's not something that when I'm thinking of, is this worth like a full price video game experience for me to play on day one? I just don't know if that's true. And I think like part of the, part of the sell of this, and this is why the timing is weird for me. Like this is clearly marketed towards people who are going to be watching the HBO show and they're going to be interested in the source material and they're going to want to play something, and this is the thing for them to play. 
I get that, but why is it coming out in September? Like before, like a almost a when when's the series coming out? Twenty twenty three. Do you know the the like? It's not even like you know like. I would think this would like make more sense. Maybe it's more of a dirty feeling if it like comes out right before the TV series. But I think that's kind of good marketing um, to have it come out in line with it. But I don't know. I'll, I'll just be interested to see the sales on this um, and, and how it's going to do because it just doesn't seem to be the, the game for the gamer. Yeah. No, that, I, it, that may, this is not a game that like if you played The Last of Us and liked it, um, but like, you know, never really thought about it again. Like this isn't a game you need to go out and play, yeah. you know, um, I am a huge Last of Us fan. So I would have gotten this sort of regardless whether I was doing it for work or not. I am. So like, hey, that's also a reason why I did get it like the day it came out. Um, but yeah, it, it, this is for people for like diehard fans of the series and people who've never played it before that have PS5s. Uh, but it's also like, who is that person? Right? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, yeah. you didn't play the best Sony game. I don't know. Maybe this is subjective, but um, does that make sense? Oh does no, that no. All, I, like, yeah, I, th- yeah, I think it does. It, does. it just, it just to me, like, I, I've never quite had an experience like this. When I first hear they're coming out with this, I get so excited, and then slowly but surely, more the more I hear about it, my excitement just not only like lessened, it just nosedived into something yeah. that. Um, I don't know. And and to be honest, when we were talking uh, this weekend about it, uh, th- that was the first time you were the first person who were like positive on this about why it was cool. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and I was like, oh, OK. And you even mentioned uh, you, you said that there were the new uh, combo, the locks, the. the, the, the <laughs> yeah, there's four safes in the game. Four. They put four safes from The Last of Us 2 in the game. And I'm sorry, but like, I know that's like a joke with only four new of them. But if there was just a few bullet points like that on it, to be honest, that would be enough of a reason for me to be like, okay, there's new content in this game for me to play. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't have to. I, I, I wasn't asking for them to, you know, add the underneath car crawling and the the diving around stuff. Oh, wait. Uh, No, I misspoke. The safes were in the first game. Well, <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm I'm incorrect. OK, my bad. Well, no, I think. No, 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 I mean, even if they were in there, like they were, they were. Would it have been that hard to put an extra safe in there? Like a few bullet points like that. Like, again, even knowing that there were four of them like that, if they just put like one more in just a content thing like that, just something, something new in there. I just think that would have gone a long way to get me to be interested in it. Um, yeah. And I don't want to like d- like look past the fact that it looks beautiful because let's talk about a remaster that didn't remaster well. Alan Wake. Literally, you didn't think it like, remastered anything well. No, it, remember how the the models literally look like they had like the characters' face skin put over like their faces look good, but then their necks were still like jaggedy and it yeah, just didn't yeah, look true, as like true. natural. Not not that that was like. I would say that was a half-hearted effort versus this one is a full-hearted effort about making it up-to-date and up-to-snuff. Yeah, that's true. But um, but again, just looking at some of this footage, I, I do I do feel like I want to pop some of those heads again. You know what I mean? I mean that, that's the thing. Every every single time I nail a headshot, I do save it to watch again to just be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, like, oh, it's so gross. It's so gnarly. Uh, but it, it, it's... Yeah, this is like you can't call it Last of Us remastered because I already have that. So you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those questions, right? Where like you had the Demon Souls remake, 
but that was pretty much the same project as this where it's it's really it's really a remaster yeah because like yeah you did you did they put significant work in right to remake all these uh, the, these spots and everything like that um which is what makes it a remake but it's just not um it is not on the level of what you would come to expect from most remake. Like it's not a Resident Evil 2 remake, right? Or it's not um Final Fantasy 7 remake. And those are more reimaginings, but they are remakes of older games. So like it, for me if you were to remake Last of Us 1, I would you know keep the story but make the combat different, make the areas different, right? Maybe throw the left behind DLC stuff in the actual game or or something like that. Um change it in any way that, that does make you go like oh my gosh i have no idea where this is gonna go now you know even like a flipping mirror mode <laughs> like every it's like the same right. like level it's just in reverse would be enough to <laughs> yes. like change things up a little bit yeah. but um yeah uh overall better than last of us part two nope <laughs> nice you I mean, last of us part like what i'm really excited about in playing this game is to see how it ends and to see if they're i mean i i don't think that there's going to be like I don't think we're going to like see Abby in it, but I imagine that there's got to be some sort of note in the hospital or something that's like, dad, I'm working until nine tonight. I'll see you later. Right. Sounds good. Abby love dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're going to like go into the, the gym at the firefly house. There'll be like like a a backpack that like is like, yeah, yeah, it says Abby on it. And then you don't see her. You just see her, her little backpack next to the, the, the squat rack. But so, or like, or like the the doctor. I guarantee you, the doctor at the very end of the game is Abby's dad, like the the character model. You know what I mean? Um, and so, what I'm excited for is finishing this game and then replaying Last of Us Two because that's what I'm gonna do. Ringing I'm endorsement. Gonna, Can't wait to beat I'm, this game so I can play the other one. Because it makes me want to play it. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And and so I think I'm gonna end up with the platinum on this game because I'm doing. Uh, I have to find all of the collectibles for guides. Hey, that's there's you know 250. What? Wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah. This game is worth getting because the 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 platinum the trophy list is way better. Yeah, it doesn't it's require not terrible. you. Hey, if they they should market that more, that's the real thing. No more of the stupid uh, factions that you have to play. Yeah, or the the grounded difficulty and oh. stuff like that. No, no, no. Nope. But yeah, so I'll, I'll probably go through and play Last of Us Two once I'm done with this and get the platinum on that too. Because I've been meaning to go back and do that, but you got to be in the right mindset for it. Justin, you want to talk about the news? Let's do it. Let's talk about Halo Infinite, a game that I think is great, but it's like, what have they been doing? <laughs> what has 343 Industries been doing? So um, they ha- came up with their September update, and it was like, it's a bad up. It was a bad update. Uh, like like, the, like three four three industries came, like a development update. Um, so a bunch of content got delayed, and they just have decided to completely axe, completely cancel local split screen co op. Um, <sighs> that's kind of a big deal in my opinion. Um, because they have been just promising this for so long. Um, and hey, you know. You didn't have to put split screen co-op in this game. People were disappointed in Halo 5 that there was no split screen co-op. So they promised. They said, fine, we'll do it in the next one. I think it was probably pretty clear in the, it, when they were making Halo Infinite. Hey, split screen co-op is not going to work. And we've talked about why, right? 
Um, the fact that co-op in general, the fact that co-op in general is coming at all, I think is like at least, hey, there's, there's that. But um, hey, split screen co-op just simply isn't going to happen. Get out ahead of that, right? Don't string everyone along a year after it's released and say, hey, uh, this has been, it, it, you know, it's delayed. It's delayed. It's delayed. And then finally being like, nope, it's just not happening. Because we knew it wasn't happening. We were just waiting to see at what point you were going to admit that, right? So let me just read a list real quick of the things that were talked about in this update. So um, campaign co-op uh, was talked about. Uh, it'll be, it, that is being pushed back. The Forge beta is being pushed back until I think November. Um, okay, yeah, so campaign co-op is coming in November. The Forge open beta is also coming in November, uh, which was supposed to be coming in September. And then the, th the third season of the game's multiplayer has been delayed until March 2023. And then also split screen uh, co-op has been just canceled. What do you like? You're making a face and it's the face I have in my heart. What what do you got, man? So I've said this before. I loved Halo Infinite. Again. I loved Halo yeah. Infinite. Um, they have made a mistake by making it something that they want to last infinite amount of time. Like, just stop it. Like, th th this is clearly a struggle for them to keep this up in, in any kind of level to keep people interested in it. And they're clearly having issues with making enough content to to feed it. Um, I mean, you you basically, did you, like, platinum tier the season one battle pass or whatever they call it? Yep, so I, I got through the whole thing. Right, and then how many months until the next one came out? <laughs> And it was like six. It was like in May, wasn't yeah. it? And I, and I jumped in and I was like, there's one new game mode. Yeah. And there's and, one and, new map. And now we're moving it to March. And like, I, I think what by trying to do everything with Halo Infinite, they've created a situation where they're not going to be able to win. And it's a, a wound of their own making. They could have easily from the beginning not promised the world. We have a new thing of co-op. We're going to have a free to play multiplayer that you can do. Um, but they didn't have to be like, we're going to keep this updated with all this new stuff all the time because they're not. Um, they didn't even have to say we're coming out with Couch Co-op. They could have just been like, hey, uh, we're going to come out with this game and, and uh, we're, we're looking for uh, maybe you're not saying the words co-op. And if people ask for it, be like, we're working on developing, trying to make this the best game possible. People might have been mad at that, but I think people are now more upset that they're like, oh, we're taking something away. We said we were going to exactly, do. exactly. So Ugh, I, gosh, I think to yeah. me, what this does is it shows you why a company like Sony would spend as much money as they did to buy Bungie. Because yeah. say what you want about Destiny, they like are good about keeping things filled with content and people wanting to play their game. And I know that can be a controversial statement because the Bungie has definitely had its like ups and downs with doing this kind of stuff. But like they had those ups and downs from destiny one, which came out, I forget when, like what, 26, 2012, 2012, 2013, so maybe they've had from 2012, 2013 to today to work on this, to find a way to make it work, to get content out there and have game plan, get a game plan for getting content to people. Yeah. Um, and it's not just something that any company can do because they have the halo name. And this is like not necessarily throwing shade at three, four, three. Um, this is kind of like, I don't think three, four, three is enough to do all of this kind of stuff with what they're at, what they're being asked to do. Uh, it just seems like there's a lot going on here. And I'm, and I'm sorry that all of this stuff has made people have such a bad taste in their mouth for a game that I thought was fantastic. Uh, let me say this. 
I personally don't think 343 has ever really gotten Halo right. They did Halo 4, they did Halo 5 and 6, and none of those are good, or Infinite. Infinite is like a very, it's like a good game, but it's like extraordinarily flawed, like the single player, in my opinion. And I think like, would you agree to that? I, I, I enjoyed it. Cause, cause I enjoyed it. I just like, I think that like, you got to like it for what it is. But in my opinion, like there are some like super obvious problems that are just like unignorable in my opinion. I, I think it's flawed in the way that an open world shooter can be flawed. Sure, um, okay. Not necessarily like flawed in a way that is like not like there are some issues with it. Like I think there's some lacking of content. I think there is. Uh, like some- like. It's saved by the the grappling hook and the mechanics of it. But I think that, like, the open world is weird because it's just barren. Like, there's nothing in it other than, like, enemy bases, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, And, like, like, you know, the campaign is, like, pretty good, but it's still just, like, it's weird because it's all about, like, happens after the fact and whatever. Like, what I'm trying to say is, like, I liked Halo Infinite. And I liked the multiplayer. But everything else that 343 Industries has done since it, it, it formed, I think, has been just a complete mishandling of halo stuff because I, I think they just didn't understand what made it good and at the core of halo like yeah like it's lore is important and cool and whatever but like they were just like a good shooters you know like the first three games are just like really solid first person shooters that happen to also have like a cool story you know but i just don't think they've ever gotten like the shooting right or anything like that and it does not surprise me that this has been fumbled like this with the way that i think that they have done things in the past whereas like you, it's interesting you said brought up bungie Bungie got it. And the reason Destiny's good is because, yeah, there's like great story stuff and, and whatnot. But like, to my understanding, the combat and like the so game good. of it is like so good is is top notch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. Like uh, like th- yeah. that is what you want in a shooter like this. The the types of weapon situations, how different the weapons are, how like the, I mean, there's just so much good stuff about Destiny from a gameplay per- perspective that I think that is the reason why people um were like being like we need more content we want more of this kind of stuff you know at the beginning of the destiny stuff is because of how good the combat was and it's good enough to to like sustain people playing it yeah so yeah like like that's that's what i'm saying though like i'm agreeing like i i just think that like this has been fumbled so bad if their whole thing is they wanted this to be like a live service game that was supported for so long like you had to support it you had to put content in it. Like what? Like, I just don't understand. Like, what's the thought process, right? Of like, well, we're doing it. We're doing a live service game, but we are not going to put any video game. Like, we're not going to like update the content at all. We're not going to add new maps or new game modes or anything like that. We're just going to cycle through old stuff. Like, I just don't know what has been they've been doing for so long, you know, and, and making video games hard. I get it. I know that I have no idea what happens behind the scenes of making a video game. Uh, and it seems like. 343 Industries has been horribly mismanaged for the whole time that this game has been in development. But it is one of those things where I'm just like, I literally don't know what you've been up to with this game. So, yeah, I think one of the things that I think is problematic about this game versus other things is that they are limited with skins. They are limited with what you can buy in a battle pass. They're limited with with features and content to give people Um, because, you know, you got your, your set weapons the way Halo is that i mean it's meant to be like an arena shooter the multiplayer part of it it's not meant to be something that you can simply just easily turn into a 
uh, Fortnite clone or another free to play yeah. game that gets people wanting to come back and play it. And even if they do make an eventual uh, uh, battle royale mode for this, like an official battle royale mode, they have to redo the gameplay. Like it's not like like you, you can't just do the same thing that you would do in a in a Halo multiplayer experience, but just make a ring. You know that, that that doesn't work. That's not going to get people you know enough to like put money into it and stay with that the 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 game like i don't know there's just because they have they have that kind of it's just not very good right because and, and if and, you want sorry go on no no i was gonna say like the stuff that they do have like with their battle pass it's like the cosmetics are like minor and and you can't like merge certain things with like the coolest helmets like you yeah. have to use like the base helmet yeah uh but also, I think if you're wanting a Halo flavor for a Battle Royale, go play Apex. Like, everyone, mm-hmm. like, go play Apex. That's way more successful. It's a similar sort of thing. Like, it's similar sort of visuals. And, like, it's the science, like, the sci-fi sort of stuff. Like, I hey, just don't know wh- who's here to play Halo Infinite anymore. Do, does Apex have a grappling hook yet? You, one of the characters does, yeah. But, like, everyone. No. Because there's an idea. You want a you wanna game where everyone has a grappling hook? In a uh, multiplayer shooter, go play Titanfall Two, man. Everyone yeah. has it. You're fu- it's fu- it's a Spider-Man shooter, dude. It's so great. So they do have the ability, so they should just make it standard in Apex. I agree. I mean, like, a grappling like, hook good- improves every video game. Yeah, it's and the grappling hook in this is so good. It is. It is good. It, it really is. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. I mean, it, yeah, I we were both hot on this game. I loved the multiplayer in particular for this game, and it's just like what a disappointment this is. And I think it's like. This is like almost the the sort of thing that like has killed Halo. You know, like Halo, I don't think is like the front facing part of Xbox anymore. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be like Redfall and Starfield and uh y- you know, like all of the stuff that was bought in the the Zenimax acquisition like all of that stuff, I think, is going to be the face of the new face of Xbox. And, and you know, you still got Gears of War. You still got, uh, you know, Ori in the Blind Forest and whatever else. Sea of Thieves, whatnot. But, like, I just don't think that, like, we haven't been seeing X, uh, Halo, like, in the sizzle reels for Game Pass and stuff like that. Because it's just, like, an embarrassing, like, nightmare. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Though, um, I, I think that that speaks to microsoft's plan like even like the characters in the sizzle reel because like ultimately you know think of their sizzle reel they had like minecraft steve they could put in there they could put yeah. um uh soap mctavish or whatever his name is from call of duty they could do all those things however those are technically xbox properties but they're still everywhere right yeah so i don't know i i think xbox is definitely not going for the mascot approach um the same way that sony is i don't think Right, but I mean, even if you do have, you know, the sizzle reel with a bunch of characters that are, like, available on multiple systems, it is one of those things where you're like, oh, I can play all that together on Game Pass? Yeah, oh, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. yeah. That's what. That's why they have to get, uh, what, what's uh, what's something they can put on there? They put, uh, they, they also use uh, Sam Porter Bridges in their sizzle reel. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be so funny. I would lose my mind if that happened. That would actually be awesome. Um, speaking of Microsoft, though, uh, they have... Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, or maybe he changed. Uh, he's the CEO of Microsoft Gaming. I don't know if that's the same thing. Either way, uh, just a few days ago, he apparently wrote this post talking about um, 
what the future of the Activision Blizzard acquisition sort of looks like. It's not finalized. It's still going through. That is a huge purchase, right? So many different countries have to like are having their, you know, board of commerce and stuff like that. Look at that acquisition and and like it, they're combing through it, right? With it, with a, uh, a magnifying glass, right? And we, we've talked about that with Sony kind of being a baby about <laughs> them acquiring uh, Call of Duty and, and whatnot. Um, and the the little bits of drama between those two companies. But uh, Phil Spencer wrote an article uh, just straight up on like it's a Microsoft blog post uh, just titled Gaming for Everyone Everywhere, our view on the Activision Blizzard acquisition. And they, they just talk about how, you know, we're excited um, to, to, you know, welcome these studios to our family and all that sort of stuff. So they, they do talk about Game Pass and specifically about Activision Blizzard stuff coming to Game Pass. And so they said, uh, we intend to make Activision Blizzard's much-loved library of games, including Overwatch, Diablo, and Call of Duty, available in Game Pass, and to grow those gaming communities. By delivering even more value to players, we hope to continue growing Game Pass, extending its appeal to mobile phones and any connected device. So this was sort of not an odd move. It was just like, oh, here's the confirmation that those things are going to be coming to Game Pass. Um... I'd be curious to see like how many, um, how many Call of Duty games are going to be coming to Game Pass. Right? I would like, assume. I would assume the backlog. Like I don't. I don't the know. The whole what, thing. Like It'd yeah. So like I think that would be like the smart thing to do uh, with it yeah. is just a way to get more people to play those, get more people, you know, talking about them, a single place to play them. Now. Yeah. Call of Duty does almost tend to lean towards the Nintendo side of things with it, like them still being pretty expensive unless you buy them on a sale. Like they do tend yeah, to have legs, yeah, they do. Uh, with them. But I don't know. I think uh, I think that's just a way to to get more people to to play those games and to look at those single player things and to go back and see the history of Call of Duty, because why not at this point? Like, yeah, I, I, there's absolutely no reason to not to. Um, but this does go with that idea that Xbox is not looking to just get exclusive after exclusive. It's looking to make its like share of the market larger everywhere. It wants to be on multiple platforms. It wants to have that, you know, the the Microsoft Studios game on, on PlayStation, on Nintendo, on whatever when it comes up. They they want to be everywhere because they know that's where the future is is to be as easy and accessible as possible. Um, and in doing this stuff, yeah, maybe they'll, they'll be, you know, giving some, some, uh, games that will be on PlayStation, but like Microsoft will grow. The more people buy Activision Blizzard games, the bigger Microsoft will be. So, um, he goes on to write, Uh uh, basically he, um, has, has heard, uh, okay. It says this, um, we will pursue a principled path. We've heard that this deal might take franchises like Call of Duty away from places that where people currently play them. That's why, as we've said before, we are committing to making the same version of Call of Duty available on PlayStation on the same day the game uh, the game launches elsewhere. We will continue to enable people to play with each other across platforms and across devices. We know people, we know players benefit from this approach because we've done it with Minecraft, which continues to be available on multiple platforms and has expanded to even more since Mojang joined Microsoft in 2014. As we extend our gaming storefront across new devices and platforms, we will make sure that we do so in such a manner that products uh, pr- that protects the availability of developers and to, uh, the ability to ch- of developers to choose how to distribute their games. That's what you're saying. They're saying these games will be out on PlayStation, right? Um, 
I think I don't know what, uh, if this is specifically it here, but he all he did say that um, that Call of Duty will be that certain Call of Duties will be launching on PlayStation even after their current like contracts are up. You know what I mean? Because like they've got a few games scheduled with, with that sort of stuff. So after all of that, they are still going to be be doing that, uh, be launching those things. Um, that's awesome. I, I don't know. Like, I think that's awesome. And I know that, like, you know, Microsoft is a huge company and, and their bottom line is making money. But if they are doing that while also being able to, like, be great for consumers, like, I think that that's just an excellent move. Uh, and, and to me, like a move that I, I don't think you would really see anywhere else. You know, I don't think you would see that um, if Nintendo, not that Nintendo acquires a lot of studios, but if Nintendo acquired a studio, right? Like, I don't think they'd be like, well, they're still going to be able to launch games on other platforms. Or, I mean, Sony in particularly, right? They've talked about how Destiny is going to stay cl- uh, cross-platform, but whatever Bungie works on next is not going to be cross-platform, you know? Um, so, I don't know. I, I just think that this is a really cool uh, step, especially for Call of Duty, such a big franchise that people play in so many different places, right? It's just that, hey, don't want to pay for it? come play it on game pass get an xbox you know yeah and and, and as what you're saying like this is like that 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 fine line that happens in the world of when the consumer interest and the business interest are one and the same right like the microsoft will make money if this thing can be available everywhere yep they will make more money if it's available everywhere so microsoft is going to do what's going to be best for their wallets and thankfully uh, Game Pass is good for their wallets and good for me, the consumer. So this is great. I, I, I do think Phil Spencer from from the beginning has been so good at transparency and communication um, in his role. And I think the 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 one thing, whether it's going to, you know, 10 years from now, maybe it's something else. But like they clearly have a vision for video games and they are doing mm-hmm. everything they can to keep that vision uh, alive and consistent. So this is great. And I find, I mean, like, unrelated, I find Phil Spencer to be just, like, a generally charming guy. You know what I mean? It's like, anytime he shows up in any of these presentations, it's always like, what do you have to say, man? Like, I want to hear it. <laughs> like, like you seem like you're a good hang, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, let's talk about Assassin's Creed. What do you think? Let's do it. Assassin's Creed Mirage is a video game that is going to be, like, announced in full and, like, detailed uh, on september 10th so that's next saturday it's almost a week from today um this is this smaller game that we've sort of been hearing about through rumors and stuff bloomberg did a report that they've been uh yeah that that, that's where we initially heard about it that they're working on a small side thing that was initially supposed to be like a part of dlc or something like that for assassin's creed valhalla that has sort of spun off into its own um game so this is meant to be like a smaller stealth focused project um we don't know the details about like we don't know the details specifically about if that's the case with this that it is going to be a smaller stealth based thing um but that seems likely based on the fact that they've now officially announced that Assassin's Creed Mirage is coming um and that we're going to be seeing it a little bit uh later this week I suppose uh so just from the image that they've released you've got uh it looks like um where was the first one set it was like Jerusalem, not Jerusalem, but it was like, uh, what's that country over there? I'll, b- I'll believe you. I was going to say Assassins is where it was set. It was in Assassin's the Creed, Creed one, the Creed part of the world. You know, you know, you're familiar with it. Yeah. In the, in the last crusade. Yeah. In the Holy Land. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, 
yeah so so it looks like you're heading back to the middle east sort of which is kind of cool and the image the assassin here i don't know if this is confirmed or not um i think that's one of the guys i remember that one of the guy's name was basim uh it looks like that one of the guys from valhalla who is one of the assassins brotherhood that like shows up you know what i'm talking about yeah 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 um and so you know if it's meant if it's a spinoff of assassin's creed valhalla it would make sense that it was one of them right yeah um but hey if this is a smaller hey if this is a small assassin's creed game that's more about stealth 10 hours great than than the rpg stuff and just like the constant noise of combat that assassin's creed has become um yeah count me in um yeah, count me in so i th- this was uh, uh the uh, ubisoft or assassin's creed uh had to announce this because leaks were coming out so some yeah. of the leaks that were coming out that are kind of uh talking that about what the game is going to be like before the launch uh which is wh- what day are they announcing it september 10th that's september saturday. 10th so that will be next saturday yeah, so yeah, we'll talk okay. about it on next the week's file. show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, this is from uh, Rebs Gaming at Mr. Rebs. Uh, if you if you want to check this out, but um, they reported additional Assassin's Creed Mirage information has been shared. Uh, Baghdad is the only city throwing knives and rooftop hiding spots. A lot of NPCs in the street. A lot of parkour. Some slow motion assassinations. To me, a lot of this sounds like pretty much uh, like a like a classic Assassin's Creed stuff. And yeah. Um, I think bringing it back to stealth is good as long as that doesn't include follow missions because those freaking suck. I imagine that they probably will. Oh, <laughs> that's man. all you saw. Make them knows. fun, though. Like, <laughs> I know. Like, like in that's any the way. one task you have to do. Um, this goes back to uh, one of one of my favorite stealth games, uh, that more action stealth game, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. When that yep. came out, they did such a good job of um dealing with what happens when you when you screw up in stealth and whether it becomes that full combat thing or not i just hope mm-hmm. that's the option because i think an instant fail stealth mission that so is not terrible. that is not a 2022 mechanic we need or want um, no. but being able to seamlessly go back and forth have like levels of like oh they're on high alert now so they're going to be more uh, twitchy when they see something that, that that's not going on um i hope that is is where they go and they really do bring it back to the stealth um, aspect of it rather than it being the action stuff. Not that I never want to see the action Assassin's Creed again. Um, I think there's a time and a place for that, but I think let's try, let's try, let's try going back to the basics friends. Yeah. But I mean, like, I guess here's the thing. Like for me, you can get this, the, you can get the flavor of combat and the feel of Assassin's Creed so many different places. Whereas the old school Assassin's Creed, I mean, like I'm saying like Assassin's Creed one through. I guess revelations, because I feel like Assassin's Creed three was when it really started to switch because you're having like bigger battles in in the American Civil War and all that sort of stuff. Uh, And Black Flag was kind of a black sheep of the family. But like from there on, like it just stopped being about like the assassin stuff and like the stealth stuff, which I just really, really like. Um versus like just the constant just like we're we're not even doing we're not, we're dropping stealth i mean assassin's creed valhalla like basically just completely drops stealth so if you're able to do like that stealth game and like ubisoft used to do that all the time right with splinter cell and assassin's creed like that used to be like something they really excelled at if they can like do that and drop all the just rpg shit because like as much as you can like Assassin's Creed Valhalla and the new Assassin's Creed games, like the RPG elements of those are so laughable. It's like 
0.3% better bow accuracy. And it's like, what does that mean? You, like, 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 that's not an upgrade that I'm excited to get. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sounds like some of the upgrades you get in Xenoblade 3, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I guess I mean, that's not untrue. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, it, like, I am tentatively interested in this. And if they're able to make this into a game that, like, seems like the type of thing I'd be into that isn't this huge sprawling thing for just the sake of being 150 hours, uh, then I will, will probably tr actually try it out. Um, but I guess who's to say? Yeah, I, I'll definitely try it out. I mean, I'm an Assassin's Creed fan, um, uh, specifically because of the more open world ones really got me into loving the games and yeah. looking forward to them. So not that I need that. I want more Assassin's Creed, and I hope this is good. I don't care what it looks like as long as it's good. You know what I mean? To make mm -hmm. a good Assassin's Creed game, that's all I'm asking. That doesn't take 150 hours to complete. Here's a quiz. Um, how many Assassin's Creed games are there? Total, 16. Including all the spinoffs. Oh, 25. 24, Justin. Look okay. at that. Did you know that? No, I didn't. It's okay. <laughs> like, like, wow. Yeah, I was, that was actually like, going really through like, all those like, 2D side-scrolling ones. Like, right, exactly. And yeah. thinking about them. And yeah. Um, you know, we were talking about acquisitions with Microsoft and stuff. Let's uh, pop over and just take a real quick look at uh, From Software. Uh, so From Software has not been acquired. Uh, that was a little bit of a misleading way to transition. I apologize. Um, but... Both Tencent and Sony um, have together bought over 30% of the From Software stock this past week. Um, now, this is like, so yeah, so Tencent uh, owns 16.25% of all purchase shares, and Sony Interactive, Sony Interactive Entertainment um, uh, have 14.69. Cool. So what's left is 69.66% of the rest nice. of the stock. Uh, very cool job, Tencent and Sony. For yeah, they get this. it. They got it. Yeah. Um, I, it just seems like they want to support this studio, but maybe don't aren't able to acquire it, or don't want to acquire it, or something, or maybe From Software has no interest in being acquired. If you're From Software, it's kind of like, yeah, you're gonna have to pay us a lot because you look at the sales of Elden Ring and like. Yeah, if you want us to take that off of Xbox, like you're gonna have to pay us a lot, or just do you know individual publishing deals like they did with Bloodborne and um, whatever else. Yeah, so it's unclear like what exactly this means, other than Sony and Tencent want to support from software and also sort of get a little bit of the the piece of that pie, right? Um, I don't know. There are some people saying that this looks, it means that, like, oh my gosh, FromSoft's gonna get acquired by Tencent or Sony. And I, I don't know if that's the case, because what we just said, like, FromSoftware is sitting very pretty right now, being able to publish games on Xbox and, and whatnot. I mean, just speaking for, for Sony, because obviously, with, if Tencent bought it, it probably wouldn't affect them that much. Um, but, like, I don't see a reality really where, so, where FromSoftware wants to be acquired, but I guess it could happen, because they used to. I think it wasn't it with, like, Demon Souls, like, there was a possibility that Sony was going to buy them. And then they played Demon's Souls and they were like, no. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, Oops. right. Um, so, yeah, it, it's this to me just just reeks of um, uh, from software ex in the middle of expanding. We, they, we talked about before uh, how they're coming up with multiple directors, multiple projects going on at once. 
um, from software wants to keep being able to fund that and expand in light of the success of uh, yeah. Elden Ring. So they're using Elden Ring success to get more investors, to get more money, to get more cash, to do other things with it. And maybe this today doesn't mean that uh, they're going to be acquired by a studio. I don't think they're going to need to be acquired by a studio. I think looking from Tencent's perspective, um, this is just probably good business for them, getting part of the profits of From Software. Same with Sony. They're probably just looking at a way to, to have another revenue stream um, and being able to support From Software to keep working on their relationship because clearly they do have a good relationship with them. Um, and uh, I don't think right now this is the like the headline of the story isn't like From Software is going to be acquired. The headline of the story is uh, From Software is expanding widely. Like that is like the the thing to me about this that when I see this. Um, and I mean, this happens all the time with companies expanding in, um, you know, various bigger conglomeration groups or, or mm -hmm. places like Sony or whatever, put money into it uh, so they get to have some of the ownership rights to it to get a little bit of the profits from it. Also to have some direction with it, because that means you're going to have a Sony person and a Tencent person on the board here making uh, helping make decisions. They won't necessarily have all of the saying power, but. I don't know. This is just a, a investing story. Interesting, uh, a little bit. Um, Tencent uh, versus Sony is, is is a fun one. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure about their their values, but I'm pretty sure Tencent's a little bit bigger than Sony. I think they're like huge, aren't yeah, they? Right. So um, I don't think Sony wants to get in a bidding war. Although it is pretty funny. It's 16.25 uh, for Tencent and 14.69 uh, percent for Sony. So, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked about this, uh, when was this? A few weeks ago? Game Pass Family, family Plan. It was yeah. leaked, uh, and they were testing it out in, what, Ireland and Germany, maybe? That feels wrong, but it was in Europe. What I'm trying to say is, uh, it's real, and it's coming here. Uh, Game Pass Family Plan is basically exactly what it sounds like. You know, you're able to put, uh, multiple different accounts together for Game Pass, and, it is going to cost um, about $25 a month. So, you know, $10 more um, than Game Pass Ultimate right now, which I mean, like, yeah, it's five. You can it's five licenses for Game Pass. So you can have up to five people on there, which like, hey, that's like a really good deal. Like, that's like a really good deal. Um, I don't know. There's not much to say about this other than like, hey, this is happening. And also like this is kind of awesome. I it goes back. I, I I mean, as much as I say, uh, I said Microsoft is doing it because it makes good business sense. Like, how the hell are they making money on any of this stuff? Is is the real question? Um, yeah. I mean that. That's the fact like that it's it, so cheap is pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, f like that's five dollars for Game Pass, right? Um, that's not ultimate, is it? That's just regular. Wait, that is what? ultimate. That is ultimate, right? What is ultimate? The family thing is that for ult Game Pass ultimate, or is it only just the standard console Game Pass? Yeah, it's Game Pass ultimate. Like, so Jesus it's twenty five. And then, so if you have five people on it, that's $5 per person. Jesus. <laughs> that's like, that's actually insanity. I mean, that, that, that makes me like, I'm, I'm okay with the switch online price stuff, but that makes me look at my switch online subscription and I'm like, fuck man, like, what that's am I not doing? a good yeah. deal. <laughs> like, right, exactly. I just played Wave Race 64 on this, this I can play Call of Duty next year. Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, it's also worth pointing out though, that like it, it's still in the testing phase. Like it's not 100% like ready yet. Um, but so like the price could change, but like, I, I don't see going more than 30 bucks. Like, right. Like, 
even 30 bucks <laughs> but like that's what i'm saying like 30 bucks is still a great deal right it's just you need to have more than two people on it for yeah. it to really be worth it but like come on like so there you go peter do you want to be part of my family dude yes <laughs> let's do it <laughs> i mean I, I would in a heartbeat because like what a great deal right and yeah yeah um anyway uh Let's talk about Callisto Protocol for just one second and Striking Distance Studio and its head, Glenn Schofield. Now, Glenn Schofield has showed up at a lot of these Jeff Keighley shows to talk about Callisto Protocol because I think Callisto Protocol has been shown off. It was initially revealed at Game Awards. Was that 2021 or 2020? must have been 2020 because we didn't hear about it for a long time. And... uh. It's it sort of showed up at pretty much every single Jeff Keighley show since. Um, we most recently saw it at uh, Opening Night Live, where Glenn Schofield came out and, you know, just like, we're excited for the game, all that sort of stuff. And he tweeted the well, yesterday. He tweeted this. I only talk about the game during an event. We are working six to seven days a week. Nobody's forcing us. Exhaustion, tired, COVID, but we're working. Bugs, glitches, perf fixes. One last pass through audio. 12 to 15 hour days. This is gaming. Hard work. Lunch, dinner, working. You do it because you love it. First of all, this tweet is worded terribly. Uh, but second of all, and perhaps more concerning, is, um, hey, Glenn, what the fuck? Uh, just like coming out and being like, Here are, here's, what, here's how we're crunching right now. Six to seven days a week working on the game. And the studio head, right, is saying all this stuff. You know, you're eating during, you're working during lunch. You're working during dinner. Um, we're here 12 to 15 hours a day, six to seven days a week. That's terrible. I mean, it's just terrible. Like, we've been talking about this sort of, these sort of workplace treatments since we started doing this show, right? And, and to just so casually talk about it like this, I think just really sucks, uh, especially for a game that, that people seem to be very, very excited about. Uh, we'll get to the follow-up in a second here, but just initially, Justin, how does this initial tweet grab you? By the way, he did delete it after afterwards and after he makes his response here, but what do you think? Uh, I mean, last week we talked about how this game looked like it could use a couple more months in the in the oven. Sure. Um, and the fact that this is how they're talking about the game and this is how much work they're putting into the game, that already the trailer at GamesCon looked like a little buggy. And if they're still putting this much work in, how is this game coming out this year? And like, if this game is coming out this year, is it worth putting in this kind of like stress and these kind of hours in order to get this game out? I don't think well, so. Like, I think this, this, it, this, this is really just furthering the, the idea that I, I don't, at, at a certain point, if you need to do this to finish the game and hit this deadline, it like put, push it back. Agreed. I mean, we, you've still got three months until this game comes out. So like, from based on the footage that we saw like yeah it didn't look awesome this this most recent time but it is one of those things where like the visual stuff does get added last that sort of polish stuff does get added last but i'm just more concerned about like this these are like terrible working conditions if you're working 15 hours six to seven days a week you're just going home to sleep and do nothing else right like you're not seeing your family you're not seeing your kids i like to me this sounds like the sort of thing where like you you're bringing sleeping bags to work right because at that point like why even go home you know like this is i like this that's the most concerning thing to me and and just like the fact that this is a brand new studio right made for this game 
and those are the working conditions. You don't do it because you love it, Glenn Schofield. You do it because your boss is there, because you're there. And yeah, you're saying nobody's forcing you to be anyone to be there, but that's what all crunch culture is, right? No one's forcing you. It's not mandatory. Sometimes it is mandatory, right? Like I think we talked about with Cyberpunk 2077, like they had mandatory crunch. Um, but like, yeah, the idea of like, well, no one's forcing us to be here. We're here because we love the game. I don't know, man. I think if you're doing this for three months, at least three months before the game comes out, like at a certain point, that love for the video game like has to come second to other things in people's lives, right? I don't know. It, it, it's just such a weird brag, right? Such a weird brag, such a poor reading of the room of of what the current feeling for the industry is, is right? What the current, like, how people feel about this sort, these sort of work uh, workplaces and, and workers' rights. And it's just, I don't know, it just sucks. So... He, followed, he deleted that tweet and followed it up by saying, anyone who knows me knows how passionate I am about the people I work with. Earlier, I tweeted about how proud I was of the effort and the hours the team was putting in. That was wrong. We value passion and creativity, not long hours. I'm sorry to the team for coming across like this. And I do think like that's a good response, right? However, you do value the amount of time that people are putting into this. You do value long hours. If you are saying like, no, you know, we value creativity. Like we, we value all this sort of stuff just because he deleted the tweet doesn't mean that those things aren't happening though. Right. Cause clearly they are. And clearly he's proud of, of the, the work that people are putting in. And like, there is a sense of pride, right. About working really hard on something and it finally coming out and being great. But like by him just saying like, we value passion and creativity, not long hours. Like, I don't think that like, of course you value, you value those things. But like, just by saying that, it doesn't mean that you don't, you aren't doing this horrible crunch stuff. You know what I'm saying about that? Yeah, I think uh, there's always this like odd fine line uh, when we're thinking about it. I think step one, the my overall thing is that unionize. That's important. Yeah. Right? You need to have protections against stuff like this that if you're being forced to do it. And I do agree with you that it does sound a lot of this seems to be like I'm proud. Right. I think I think that's something that I'm sure Glenn Schofield was proud of the work that they're doing on this game and is proud of the work that they're doing on this of game. Course. But when it comes off like that, that you're talking about this and it's clearly just defining like this kind of like negative crunch culture and stuff like that. And they're three months away from this game and they're already pulling these kind of hours and doing this kind of stuff like that is insane. Um, but like. It, there is there is that fine line when you're working on something that you 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 got to put some of your brain out of the nine to five day in order to get it done. Right. Like there are times when you're working and like, you gotta, you gotta work hard in order to do it. One of the things I always say is that we shouldn't be working harder. We should be working more efficiently and mm -hmm. we need to strive for video game culture where you still want to work hard. You still need to put a lot of time in to make these games and stuff like that. But Fixing de deadlines, thinking about ways to be more efficient when you are working so you're not forcing these 12 to 15 hour kind of days and stuff like that, I think is an important thing to strive for. But when you're positively talking about these kind of work conditions, I think that is where it can be problematic. And that's where it can be you're creating this culture of rewarding the crunch rather than like, OK, like, yeah, we, we need to get work done. But like, how can we make this so this is not the way it is? If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
and and I think like I mean you're you you're familiar with like like getting something done on a deadline right like I think that stuff can be like an important that like you 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 have to at some point in your life put a lot of work in to make a deadline that that you have to hit. Um, I also find a lot of times that we have to do that because uh, we did not manage our time efficiently beforehand. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Waiting to the last minute to do it. Um, but the the idea here is that you want to look at this and you can be proud of your workers and employees. But if this tweet was like, we've been working really hard um, putting in these 12 to 15 hour days, that's unacceptable. We have to find a way to, to, to be better as a company. And because of that, we're delaying the game three months. Um, that's a marketing win, not a financial win, probably if you're delaying the game, but like, you can't look at this and be proud of it. You got to try to fix it. Right. It's just, it's just like, it's so wild that he would tweet out like, here's how terrible her working conditions are right now. And we're like, just guys being dudes. We love it. That's like <laughs> guys being don'ts. How about? Yeah, don't no. do that. I mean, um, you might like it, uh, but you that that is that what is that healthy? Is that good for your family? Does your family like it? And, and that's if the they thing, do right? like, like it, maybe they shouldn't be your family. <laughs> well, but I don't know. Like Glenn Schofield, yes, you know, like I personally, I do love, I love to put a lot of time into a project and work really hard on it and then get it done. I love that. That's me personally. And I like to choose when I have a project like that, right? I don't want to have to do that for three months straight. You know what I mean? Yep. Glenn Schofield, you're the creative... I don't know if you're the creative director or you're the director of this game or this whole studio. I think you're like the head of the studio. Yeah, he's a CEO and he's the director of the game. Um, you, you can't like... You might like that, but since you're the boss... You're like allowed to like that. You know what I mean? And you don't have to check in with anyone else to see like, hey, is this a good idea? Like, are we enjoying this? Whatever. I don't know. I like at this point, we're just like repeating the same stuff. But oh, I disappointing. Mean, it's not even this article. It's just the crunch culture in general, because unfortunately, this happens way too often. Precisely. Yes. Um, it just it was such a weird poll for the director of this game to be like. Here's the crunch conditions. Fucking love it. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> I don't know, man. So Moral of the story, you unionize, 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 unionize. Yes, Do it. Justin, let's finish up here. Games you've been playing. I beat Xenoblade Chronicles 3. What? You beat Xenoblade Chronicles 3? I did beat Green Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I beat Xenoblade Chronicles 3. No way. Uh-huh. When did you beat it? Yesterday? Uh, yes. Yes, yesterday I beat it. Um, la- I mean, I, I, I've had a busy week, so the finding game time. I, last we spoke about it, I was right before the final boss. Um, yeah. it's like you, it's literally like a, a moment when it's like, hey, uh, the do game you want to proceed? Up. Uh, do you want to <laughs> yeah. proceed? <laughs> yeah. So th- thankfully they're uh, clear about that. Uh, yeah. And then I beat the game. Um, the, the game is finished. The credits rolled. I played another 10 hours after that. Cause did you really, I have, I have, um, and it is a good game. And as we said before, a good game that peaks in chapter five. That said, I sobbed at the ending. I and don't have emotions, so it's true. It's true. I, um, I, I, I can't wait to talk about the ending with you in a lot of detail because I had a lot of thoughts about that. Because interesting, talk about it when and where that wouldn't hmm. be on our 
Patreon exclusive bonus episode, would it? It could be. Yeah, you know what, Justin? Let's make it a date. Let's, I don't know, let's say Hitbox Day when this episode releases. Maybe we'll also release a spoiler cast discussion of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 exclusive for our Patreon producers. Yeah, let's the do it. Patreon producers. Sorry, that's like is the $3 tier. It's not the $1 <laughs> tier, but, um, you know, Jay Null, Dave Parker, they'll be able to hear it. Maybe you, listener, would like to hear that as well. Uh, but okay, just general, 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 and then and then because I I honestly don't really want to say a whole lot here because we've said a, a lot about Xenoblade Chronicles three here, and I want to hear like your specific thoughts. But generally, did you did you think it was a good ending? Do you think that it tied up everything nicely? It ended better than the other two did. Interesting. Okay. Um, and I think the part of the reason it just ends better is because the story is complete. And I think the other stories were complete, but it was like, yeah. kind of like it, it got so freaking crazy at the end of those other games when it's like the whole game is about this one thing. And then all of a sudden there's a turning point and then sure. the game becomes about that thing. And you're just like, well, that wasn't what I was playing for the previous like hundred hours mm-hmm. of this game. This one, you get to the end and it literally is finishing up what happened in the first hour and it's solving that story and it leaves possibilities for a cool new story um, or a continuation, I guess, sort of. I don't want to spoil it, but like, sure, I think the ending reaches a good resolution for all most of the of the part of the story beats that are brought to you with a few exceptions like Rico, Riku, like who the hell Riku? Yeah. Why are you there? Riku and Manana. Wait, yeah. Why do you know so much, Riku? What do you, what do you mean? He just knows too much. He doesn't know a lot. I thought that there was going to be some payoff to that, that there just isn't. But. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. why? Like, who are you? Riku is Napon. Probably the worst line of dialogue that I've ever heard in a video game is when they're like, he's like a super villain pawn. And everyone is like, what? What does that mean? And then Riku's like, it means he's the biggest bad in all the land. And it's like. You guys it's, couldn't put together what super villain pawn means? Like, it seems like the Nopons, um, not only do they sound different than everyone else, it sounds like they recorded every line of their dialogue out of context from everything else. And, like, <laughs> it's with just different, like a list. Like, recording software yeah. than everyone else. So they sound different, and it's not even their accents or the way they talk. It's just like, they're, they're like, here, just grab an iPhone, record something, send it in, we'll put it in the game. Final yeah. audio. Yeah. Done. Can I say... I was very impressed with my Riku impersonation there. It was pretty good. It was actually not bad. Yeah. And, and it's disappointing because it's Riku. I Probably do. the word. Yeah. What's that? I do want his hat. Is that a hat or is it hair? Well, I think it's a hat because when you put. Because the, the, they wear it. They wear it too. And if it is hair, that's horrifying. Like what nap on did they have to scalp in order to like <laughs> get right, that part to of put their that costume? On. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. That's all I want to say about it. I loved it. I love the ending. Uh, every other piece of criticism I have for it still stands, but um, I was surprised that I was touched by the emotional part of the ending. Yeah. The story part of the ending I didn't care about, but like the emotional, like the, the character emotion stuff, I was very into. It does end well, I think, like the kind Agreed. of build up to stuff and how stuff like all kind of is like the climactic event of the final battle feels great. Agreed. 100% agreed. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our show. Um, I didn't mention this at the top, but like we did mention it just now. If you're interested in supporting us, hop on over to patreon.com slash hitboxpod. It can be a $1 or $3 a month 
supporter, those $3 a month supporters, deluxe podcast producers, they do get access to those um, weekly bonus episodes. As we said, this week's one is um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Spoiler cast, final thoughts, um, probably the last time we're like really going to be talking about it like in depth until maybe the end of the year, I imagine. Um, go ahead and join us over there. Uh, if you if you can't donate to us, hey, it's not a problem. Just go ahead and follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod. Uh, join our Discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode. Uh, give us a give us a rating, a five star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. Uh, Justin, am I missing anything here? You're just missing that. You always do such a good job at this, and I'm in awe of all the hard work you do and the fact that you're able to to do that every time. Because if if Justin. you had me do that, I would be like, um, and then uh, are we recording? Uh. You clearly don't remember episodes one through I don't know, 104, uh, where I'm just stumbling over all my words all the time. It's it's been really in the past three to four episodes it's like that audio I really poison found my stride. just in your ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's unlistenable. Uh, hey. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week on Hitbox Day. Always remember, old games are old. Bye. Bye.